Hey yo, what's good, man? It's your host Cleve. Welcome to the Third Coast Podcast with my man Joe. What it do, Gators? What it do, man? It's your host Cleve. Yo, yo, what's good with it, you guys? It's your main man's Cleve, and it got my main man's Gator. What it do, Joe? What it do, Gators? What's up, Cleve? Man, what's happening, man? How your day going today? Beautiful day. I didn't know last night there was a terrific storm that came through Allen Parish, and it actually recorded hail in Oberlin over an inch and a half wide. And uh, a lot of, was it Beauregard electricity? It had a lot of power outages, but good thing I'm on Clico. So big shout out <laughs> to my dad. He's going through power issues right now. It's kind of cool, though, to see that even though the power goes out around here, that we are innovative enough. You know, it's just another step in the day. You know, let's get the generator out. Let's get the propane stoves out. Right. Because the boys had stayed last night over there with them and Daniel and stuff. He called me this morning, told me his lights went out and stuff. I went over there. He has a generator that runs off propane, of all things, propane and gas. But wow, <laughs> he's over there making coffee in one of the old school, it's not a thermos, but it's like a, I guess, kettle, old school kettle. It has like a three chambers. Yeah, it's a kettle. Like you boil the water, right? And then you put the bottom pot. The next step is like this little chamber where you put the coffee grounds at. Mm -hmm. Then you put the other little thing on top of it where you pour the hot water into it. And, and it's slowly it uh, a drip pot. Yeah, a drip pot seeps through the top, hits the grounds, and then whatever the contents at the bottom, you just lift the top two compartments so you have your finishings. Yeah, and so uh, I drank a cup of coffee with them and collected some eggs out of the yard. And it's just, it's cool to see that around here, we're so used to having to live like that. You know that even the lights going out don't bother us. Let's bring out the generator. Let's go get some eggs out the chicken yard. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just cool that old school mentality. You know, I'm not going to let <laughs> this one thing ruin my day and I'm all have a good day. I've seen my dad do that and seen him do it all through the years. You know what I'm saying? Through hurricanes and stuff. Yeah, I feel you most definitely. It's like kind of growing up with that mindset now. It's like, you know, anytime it's like you say, it's like another step. Got off of work and heard a loud ass, I heard two loud cracks of thunder. Like the first one rattled my windows, vibrated the, the house. Like I felt that shit in my chest the first time it went off. And, you know, just watching the sky, looking at the heat lightning, looking at the actual lightning from the storm itself. I didn't know that there was hail in Oberlin. Yeah. But yeah, just like with generators, my power didn't go out, thankfully. Shout out Clico. Oh, but don't yeah. shout them out. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Clico. <laughs> fuck you, Clico. <laughs> yeah, they be getting their little pennies pensions off of my bills every month. But They definitely get more than pennies from me. <laughs> yeah, they, they get a couple of stacks. Yeah, fuck them. But anyway, like my power didn't go out, but unfortunate to those that are without power, you know, hopefully you have the, you know, the necessities needed to... If you don't have a generator, you can always, if you have gas, you can function. But, you know, if not, then you probably have to get out, build the fire, put the pots like that, you know, old school shit. It's just, I don't know. We live in a weird state. Friday was Alyssa's birthday. Big shout out to the job that made me work a three to three on that day. So I had planned to bring him to the movies, but I was just too tired. Cashed up the money to Charlene's account and Charlene brought him. 
to watch the new Super Mario movie. Yeah. When Alyssa came back, we had got her like a slime cake. The pictures I sent you of her like slime cake and all that. Dude, I've been making slime all day, like fizzy slime, playing with this slime. And that's the thing that she's real big into right now. And it's pretty cool because it's like the last little step that I have with her. You know, the last, because at her age, she's tiptoeing right in the teenage years. You know what I'm saying? She turned nine, maybe 10 and 11 after that. Yeah, after that. She's going to find a reason to hate me for the rest of her life. You know what I'm saying? It's just girl stuff. Well, not, not necessarily, you know, not but necessarily, you know, yeah, they but just want to make sure that you still care, you know. It's, it's the like last the innocent step before the, the evilness takes over. This is John. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I'm going to have to be coming over having to do intervention, you know. It's like make sure there's no shells in the house, no casings from, you know, just any attempts of practice, you know. <laughs> Well, Joe, they're they're looking for John. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, Wait, who is John? Uh, they said, "What? What? What do you got? Why is there this big new hole dug in the backyard? Don't worry about that. I'm planting a garden. <laughs> <laughs> a six foot garden. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to uh, tell you, Cleve. I showed you the video about me twisting the egg, right? Right. Yeah, you showed me earlier. I don't know if it's like cool that that, that video got that many views so fast or it's uncool that you can just record one little simple thing instead of giving like real quality content and get less views you know right i feel like it's a little disappointing but it's understandable with the intellect that's out there right now you know that short attention span right yeah that does definitely play a big factor and has since like 2010 you know like vine days and then when the meme first came out and then just like from memes and went to shorts. So it's like six second clips and just everything that's supposedly, you know, information that's readily and easily accessible. Yeah. It's like, how can you compile such a vast amount in such a, a small context? You can't, you know, so then it turns into, you know, just like offbeat videos like such as spinning a, a boiled egg just to make sure it's cooked through all the way and people just kind of like get enjoyment out of <laughs> i guess uh watching things spin that's a trick i learned uh in the army and i think i forget who showed me that but it, it's just something funny to know it's not like you're going to do every one of your hard-boiled eggs you know like i don't know it's just as weird to me personally yeah. big shout out to uh the tcp horde we're almost up to 300 members now. Big shout out to the YouTube. We had 21 subscribers last night, but we're back down to 20. But we'll take it. Gains and losses. We must have said something that made someone mad. So yeah. won't be the first time in won't my life. Won't be the first time or the last. I think this would be a good time since earlier we wanted to start the show with the YouTube as usual. So we actually kind of want to get the YouTube out the way so we get a little bit more comfortable, feel the show out a little bit better, right. getting our topic, you know, because y'all hear us and you don't see a face. But when you stream us on the platforms, we're a little bit more comfortable on the mic than on the video. And I'm trying to get more comfortable on the video aspect side, but I ain't going to lie to you, Cleve. I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> Like the, like the spin the egg thing and like opening the other beers. I'm out of like weird little things oh, okay. to do. I mean, I got a few more and you brought up the uh, opening a beer on the side of a counter. Oh, yeah. Just like the corner of a counter. Yeah, we can definitely do that. And then uh, I know you can do a seat buckle. Yeah. And uh, 
after that, I'm not going to dance for any videos. But we'll figure out something else to keep everybody entertained on the short aspects. Yeah, most definitely. It, it'll come in time. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it's some things, you know, if I dig into them cobwebs upstairs, you know, in the brain area, I could find something that, um, something like that's odd that, that I could probably present for some videos or something. All right. All right. I think just since it's decided to be nice and quiet now, this is a perfect time to get that YouTube going. The listeners just heard the premise of what our episode is going to be about this week. What we're going to talk about on this episode is about the U.S. prison system in a general aspect look. And uh, maybe, you know, further down the line, we can tackle, you know, more specific topics involving the prison system. Right. That it revolves around it. Yeah. So, uh, Cleve, when I say the U.S. prison system, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Modern day slavery. Exactly. That's the number one thing that pops up in my head because it's like everything from the processing, like, you know, all the way from when they arrest you, charge you of a crime, take you to court, take you to jail, make you give frank, like, you know, they take your fingerprints, then they put you in a cage because, you know, mind you, most modern prisons are, they look like dog kennels. Yep. You know, they take away, you know, they strip away your rights with the 14th Amendment and they use prison labor to actually, you know, manufacture a lot of the clothes and furniture that we wear and we sit on, you know, throughout daily life for little to nothing. Yep. A lot of those people who aren't working are just stuck there, you know, and a lot of those people are innocent, aren't really given a chance to you know, find the help that they need or have the proper lawyer to represent their case and find the help, you know, but that's in a nutshell, modern day slavery. But uh, how about you? What's your general look on the U.S. prison system, Joe? You actually hit it to the T because if you look, the prison system was designed so far back when, when Jim Crow laws and everything, it was designed to keep minorities inside the system. It's just changing the field to bars. Right. The prison system is fucked up. Prison system's fucked up. There's a lot of stuff that goes bad in the system. There's a lot of just craziness and a lot of people don't need to be there. And there's a lot of laws designed to keep people in jail, keep impoverished people in jail. Yeah, keep impoverished people there and keep them, you know, to criminalize poverty. Keep us where we need to be. You know what I'm saying? Either... At work, busting your ass 40 hours a week, barely making nothing, and the flip side of that, go to jail. I don't know. It's just a it's a very touchy subject, and when y'all get to listen to it on the, when we get the deep dive, y'all see why it's, me personally, a lot of my family has been to jail. I've, I've been I, to jail. You know what I'm saying? More and than I've once. Been, I've been hammered by the police on Shout multiple occasions. If you know, you know, but the boys, you know, have been with me a few times in some of our incidents, you know, I, I'll shout out Koba being one of those people, Kwame yeah. being another one of those people. I ain't going to say all the names, but yeah, it's just, uh, it is a messed up thing. And, you know, people who do go, a lot of that doesn't get removed from your record. 
unless you pay thousands of dollars or get a lawyer to appeal it for you to have it properly expunged. My biggest takeaway, like from the prison system and my general aspect looking at it, it's always bullshit money talks and bullshit walks. Because if you have enough money, if you have enough money, you can get out of anything. Mm -hmm. You just got to have the money. But if you're just common smo that got caught up, you're looking at some hard time. And there's a lot of states, including our state right here, that has some of the harshest penalties in the country. And actually, if you look at it in the world. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, funny thing about Louisiana is that we are the prison capital of the world. Yep. And I think that's in our notes. That, yes. um It's a shame that a title like that can be placed not only on the U.S., but of all places, Louisiana, at our home home state. But it's something that we have to realize is the truth. And a lot of people, especially around here, you look at employment, me and Charlene, because Charlene's going to school and she uh, graduated and she couldn't find a job. So she had to go up to the next level, you know, get some more school and you can get a really good job. But you start looking like just at the domestic influence and how money is made in Louisiana and especially in Oakdale, Louisiana or in Allen Parish or in central Louisiana, some of the best grossing jobs is correctional officers, correctional officers, federal correctional officers, state correctional officers, cops. And then you look at other jobs, plants, you can go work in the plants or then you look at the other thing. You they need someone to catch. They need to put someone in jail. I'm surprised they haven't gotten hit to bounty hunters like Texas, because Texas have bounty hunters. They can outsource a private firm to go after a person with the warrant of arrest, and they can use what by any means what it takes to get that person into custody. I guess with this episode, from my point of view, is like to enlighten people in Louisiana to realize that. We're producing something. What are we producing? As far as like agriculture or, or you produce, You're producing people into the system to keep the system going. And so you, you think that, hmm, so if I make this great job, that means someone else has to suffer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. When I worked at the prison, it was terrible. You know, you see people in like terrible situations and just got... I, the mental health thing is always what got me in the prison system, seeing people with mental problems and they get dumped into the system because there's not facilities no more that handles like people that have mental issues. Yeah, like outreach, uh, you know, outreach programs are dying off and a lot of the rehabilitation services are limited because, again, it goes to those like if you got the money to pay for the rehabilitation then it'll be provided, whereas our tax dollars get allocated to funding these prisons and making sure that, you know, not only with contracts through other companies, making sure that people are in the prisons, you know, they have a capacity limit. Like some prisons are like 90%, 92%. Some require 100%. 98%, like always above 90 yeah, while the private companies can facilitate the state's need. You know, as long as the state provides inmates, you know, the private company can exist. So it trickles down into laws and stuff, which I touched on last episode. But we'll dive into that in a little bit. Cleve, I got some questions I would like to ask you. Okay. What is your favorite thing about Oakdale besides the prisons? (laughs) Well, Oakdale being that it's a small town, 
I would, and it's not a lot, but you know, uh, I guess what I like about Oakdale the most is, uh, I guess my childhood probably because back then time seemed pretty fair. Yeah. Seemed pretty good. Had a skating rink. They had other places that, you know, kids could go. Then just when that wasn't a thing, skateboarding eventually picked up. So there was always different things about Oakdale that I liked. And I, I just, I guess to kind of put it in a nutshell, I like that most of the people in Oakdale thrive for something. They thrive for better. But uh, how about you, Joe? Uh, what's your favorite thing about Oakdale? I got a few things. I really enjoy the dam. I think it's a, a lot of people say that they don't like the dam around here. I think it's a scenic look that looks really nice sometimes. I like the fallout shelter underneath the bank. I mean, not the bank, the post office. Yeah, it's the post office, yeah. Yeah, I just think that's cool that back in the day, they were so scared of nuclear fallout. And they have a real live bunker there. It, every episode, the trucks, dude. Every episode, it's like, they, yeah, they shout don't out matter. Red, yeah, shout out Redneck Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they ain't nowhere near high water, but they got them loud-ass pipes. I don't know. I would say I like Jules Boudin, too. It ain't nothing like some boudin balls and some cheese and jalapenos every now and again. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's the, yeah, that's the old meat and potato right there. So, Cleve, what is your favorite thing about doing Third Coast Podcast? Oh, uh, man. You know, just the, the hospitality that we give to the viewers. You know, granted, most of our, um, you know, Cobot's not here. I don't think we have a guest tonight, but we, it's, yeah, just, it's just a us, duos but, uh, night. But yeah, my favorite thing about the podcast is just being able to manage and, you know, give information. I think that's my favorite thing is like, you know, having a voice to give information, knowledge of things, bringing awareness, just the whole element of um, knowing that somebody is out there listening to us for more than 15 seconds to a minute at a time. You know, throughout their day, just, uh, you know, to hear us live or to hear us uh, recording. And, you know, honestly, you know, just hang it out. Like, this is therapeutic for me. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, just like get some of the stress out. You know, I could get absurd. Well, I can't get raunchy, but I can get a little bit absurd on the, sh- on the show. But uh, how about you? Yeah, what's Gator like about Third Coast Podcast? What's your favorite thing about doing it? I do like how I came into a nickname on the show and kind of like a identity on the show, the Gator. And I, I like how I can, you know, flex that and feel that, you know, it's pretty cool. Always getting to hang out with my friends is definitely the top part about it because Koba had brought it up. If it wasn't for the show, would we be hanging out this much? Right. Yeah. True. And I like how it brings us together. And I guess... The biggest thing is how many people have listened to the show and all over the place. And it makes me proud that I can stand here and say in 2023, we're profitable. We have an audio engineer and we've been streamed in 40 different countries around the world. And that's if if that's all it ever gets to, I'm happy with that. I can you know, we. The hard work shows, and right. and it shows mainly on the streaming platforms. But big shout out to all the socials that have been tuning in, and the YouTube and everything. 
and we appreciate all the followers and we appreciate everybody seeing that we're putting some good effort and we hope y'all have been enjoying the content episodes, especially between me and Cleve, because we get into it deep, super deep. Yeah, we, sometimes we get too deep into it. We got to hit you with the be right back to kind of come back down to, you know, come back down to it. It's a lot of excitement that definitely goes into. Yeah, it goes into it. So, uh. I had recently tried out TCP Radio, and my idea about that is, of course, a big shout out to everybody that listened and did an hour segment on Instagram and an hour segment on Facebook. And uh, I'm going to get some better, figure out the audio a little bit better on it, but uh, my main gist and my main idea behind that cleave is to bring a real radio station back into the world, not prepaid, top 50, 100 artists that are coming from specific places and underneath specific labels. You know what I'm saying? And that's. I, I feel like for us to be able to do like that, um, like I, like years ago, like when XM Satellite Radio first yeah. came out, um, I was fucking with this engineer out of Wisconsin. And he, you know, at the time, I think I was maybe 15, 16 when I was talking to the guy. And uh, I got him to play, like I used to rap in a group called Nines. Shout out Chris Brooks, a.k.a. C. Swift. Used to rap in a group called Nines. And pretty much uh, I had ended up linking with the guy's name was Cody. And he he got like three of our songs on XM Satellite. And it played, you know, he got a song for like six months, I want to say. Yeah. Where it just lapsed around, you know, had a couple thousand people that would, you know, listen to it hit the like like that but we never really went with it anywhere but i feel that people who listen to like radio like uh anything like pandora or uh, the other sites where like you know major streaming is offered whereas live music is constantly being played on the radio you know podcasts should have their own channel even on public radio i understand there's a lot of copyrights that goes into it and there's a lot of uh money magnets that out there that uh, try to impede on further processing of getting particular information out because it all goes into what we content about and what we can limit to our audience. Yeah. Whereas the third party will have influence in what we say. So hopefully what you pursue for and what we're aiming for is free speech. Yeah, on the radio. On the radio. And we can successfully manage a a free speech platform where we're not edited. You can't get on the actual radio stations because the radio is owned by 100-year-old men or whoever the fuck owns them. But you can't get on the radio. You know, it's programmed and it's set and you can't get new radio stations or anything. You have these certain places you can go. So that's why I went and did it on the live Okay. And uh, what's cool about that, too, is all these artists have agreed to be a part of Third Coast. So producing their music on that, there is no copyright because this is all their music they put on the show. And this is just another platform to put like an idea. Of, yeah, we're at their party right yeah. now. So uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the bands I played on Facebook. Spirit Tower, Swamp Stank, In Resistance, The Iceman, Turbo Snake, Queen Coda, Exoner, Mouth Breather, Capra, Taos Hum, and Quartz. And on Instagram, during the TCP radio, I played Aussie Bear, D-Mode, Sky, Foot Tap by Omnisonic Theory, Spicy Ranch, D. Carter, No Heart, 
Spent by the Quadraholics, Two Damper, East LA, Lone Wolf, Kino Logan, Jay Polish, and yeah. So they went really well, and it was was a good time. Maybe make it better in the future, hopefully. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, once we get the rolling with it and getting the hang of, like, what's, what can be done and the time that it can be done in, like, the organization part comes with the experience, I believe. So There was a guy on Instagram doing, like, 90s hip-hop music, and it was this, like, old white man. He had, like, uh, <laughs> a mix board and everything, and, like, green screen, and it had thousands of people watching him, and he was playing, like, back that ass up and shit. And, <laughs> and then that it's just that's something that I hope that envision that I can do in the future. And it'd be just all music from the show. And it's just like a third coast little radio segment thing. Before we end this YouTube video, I want to, uh, we have our first YouTube interview video will be with bear gritty next month on the 13th. Yeah. And he's going to come through cause he has a show in Huckleberry brewery that night. And if y'all ain't never been to Huckleberry Brewery, make sure y'all check them out. They're in Alexandria. They have some of the best beers around. They got one of the best brewmeisters ever in Adrian. And uh, the Riverboat Raz is my personal favorite from their brewery. And I think you should go have a six-pack of it as soon as you can because it's that good. Uh, we do have some call-in interviews lined up. D. Carter artist from Arizona is going to call in on the show on a future episode. Okay. And a uh, big shout-out to Shane. And he's going to call in on the show in the future when he gets time. And Shane is from Unlikely Role Models Podcast. Nice. So we're we're trying to get this networking thing going, yeah, get some podcasts with us and, you know, help their show out, too. You know what I'm yeah, saying? This will be the first time I think we'll at least since I've been a host to collab with another podcast. So. Yeah. I mean, we had Kylie and her podcast, Conscious Thoughts. Mm -hmm. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but y'all can check out Kylie the Hardest on Facebook and Instagram. Go like and follow her page. She's a wonderful musician. But uh, we got a lot of good things coming in the future, and we're going to dive into this episode. So give us a second. We got to tell the YouTube viewers goodbye. All right. So we ended the YouTube, and now it's time to get sensual up into the show. I got to get adjusted, get the mics. Fuck you, Zane. Fuck you! So I hope that you are enjoying the sound pad, and we're going to dive into this this look on the U.S. prison system, and I'm just going to get right into it. There are over 2.3 million Americans currently in prison. Why did you read that? Like, I was asking my phone for <laughs> Zane, assistance. Hey, Zane, was, was that right? Was that spot on? Uh, what the fuck? There are over 2.3 million Americans currently in the U.S. prison system. The nation's hefty inmate population is spread across 1,719 state prisons, 102 federal prisons, and 901 juvenile correction facilities, 3,163 local jails, as well as military prison, immigration detention centers, civil commitment centers, and prisons in the U.S. 
territories. So, Cleve, when I say that, that's a lot of prisons and just that's a lot of people that's being a lot of iron. Yes. That is a lot of steel from previous wars that have been recycled and refurbished into the same facilities that were probably built by the hands of the people who stay in another facility. <laughs> so, um, yeah, whenever you read, they get, yeah, that's definitely a lot. It's kind um, of a lot to take in, too, if you think about it. I'm just shaking my head, you know. I wish they had that many facilities for the homeless population in the United States. If they could allocate to actually helping some people get the help that they need and rehabilitating, you know, those that are down to combine certain services and giving these people jobs and actually paying these people. Uh, but uh, it I wasn't digress. it sorry. wasn't till recently that like. I want to say I might be mistaken, but I think Obama started was one of the first president to push the there's a, a law out there where like companies and businesses get tax breaks because they hire inmates or people that were incarcerated and stuff because it's so hard. Right. And there's like a list of like yeah, businesses. Yeah, it was the second that, chance act. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was Obama that did that. And that's great. Yeah, I've talked about that on a previous episode that, um, you know, whereas like I've been to jail before. So when you apply for a job, it asks you if you used to, it would ask, have you ever been detained or in jail? Or then it'll it'll ask two questions. If you ever been in jail or if you ever had a felony when, because of second chance, it only asks if you have a felony. And if you state the reasons for this felony, somewhat limited but not just to all jobs. So it still gives a chance, like, a, you know, a, a higher paying job that beats minimum wage to actually yeah. give the chance that they need in sustaining a living. But with that, too, is it's always blew my mind. Like, if you, you go to jail and do your time, that, that should be it. You know, got convicted of the crime. And you did You laid the time. it down. And you did your time. And when you get out, you should... Hopefully nobody's having again. to lay anything down. I mean, not you know, to, well, it's asleep. <laughs> so the U.S. houses almost a quarter of the world's prison population. This is often quoted many times in stats. For the whole world to know. Right. Made more daunting by the fact that the U.S. only contains roughly 5% of the world's population. Hillary Clinton famously cited in a stat during a 2015 speech that the portion of the world's prison population has remained between 22 and 25% ever since. And it has. There's been a drastic increase of... And she's saying it like she's bragging about it. Yes. Like they're actually like doing... Like that's cool. Like that's cool that we have this many people because it shows that it's like in a false claim of justice that goes into stating something that heavy. It, it kind of shows that, you know, there's something wrong with your thinking. Yes. 
in the views of other countries, it's like they know what's up, like they know what it is, which is why their prisons are designed differently. But I digress. It just over one million arrests occur in the U.S. a year for drug possession. This stat can be a little unsettling when you consider it's approximately four times greater than the amount of arrests for drug sales. And to read that again, over one million arrests per year are for drug possession. One million a year. It's like, what do you, because you're targeting to keep the system going. You're That's, targeting to keep it going. So it's like you, you, you're not going for dealers. You're going for users, innocent people who just, you know, anywhere from, you know, little to nothing. They just work, they get their things, they go home. Like, yeah, granted, you do have a mix of bad apples in said community because the ones, the few, I'm going to just say the few that they catch are thieves, are murderers, you know, are driven criminals. But a lot of innocent people get caught up with, you know, the wrong people, per se. I'm not defending anybody, but it's more of a touchy topic because... I am yeah. one of those people who have been to jail for drug possession. And that sucks because it's like that stains a person's record and their opportunities. And I'm sorry, you know, that I'm diving off. No, you know, it's, this. it's fine. I, that's why I was telling you beforehand, this is going to be when we get into the content, it's going to be this is not even the it's the tip. It's, yeah, it's, it's just the it's, tip it's, of it's what a, we can talk about. It's a sensitive topic because it affects all of us. Right. The prison's been hefty in my family, and I've almost went, to, you know, I've been to jail, and I've almost went to prison, and, you know, been set down in the room getting questioned by fucking five different detectives and shit, you know what I'm saying? Being on my front doorstep. Right. You know, Oakdale PD swarming the house, so I... What a fucking tack for us, like... <laughs> yeah, they coming to get the gate up. We're going to get through it, though, because this is stuff that needs to be said. Only 23% of people released from prison stay out of prison. Okay, so we have 2.3 million Americans currently, right? So 23% of that, that's four, that's probably like 400,000, if not 40 to 400,000 people that stay out of prison, out of that 2.3, just out of, you know, in a, general context, if I could try to make uh, some connection with that to kind of give a number. The last study on recidivism revealed that 77% of state prisoners who were released in 2005 were rearrested by 2010, with 43% of those going back inside within the first year of their release. So you're looking at like close to half of those people that got out went back. You got like, if you go to prison, you have a 30% chance basically of making it without going right back to jail. 33. I'll say 33. You know, that third, you know, the lawyers cut the third of the chance that you have of going back and the third of the chance of them getting you. (laughs) Would you like to read the next segment, Cleve? Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, I feel I should. For those listening, African-Americans are far more likely to go to prison. You mind if I pause on that? No. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be right here. We ain't going nowhere. 
African state prisons, African-Americans are sent to prison at a rate just over five times greater than whites. And in some states, they are 10 times more likely to end up behind bars. While Black Americans make up 13% of the nation's population, they reach roughly 40% of the prison population. Pervasive racism within police forces and law courts are currently under heavy media and social scrutiny. So 13% of an entire population and nearly half of that 13%, so 5% out of that 13 are behind bars currently. That's um, uh, it's uh, a rough stat to look at, and but it's it needs to be brought to light because there's injustice being done within the system, and it's never changed. They just found new ways to make the system fucked up and harder for minorities, and keep the ball and chain fucking rolling. Even when it two hundred and fifty fucking years later, you know what I'm saying? When it started with the freeing of the slaves, when Lincoln got shot in the back of his head, they needed a way you know, to put those people back. You know, they couldn't give them the 40 acres and the mule. You know, they took that from them. Anytime that blacks had properties, whites would go in and burn these properties. Like there's a story about in Oklahoma about Black Wall, Wall Street. Street. I was just, yeah, yeah, on the yeah. same fucking wavelength. I was just about to fucking say that. Would you like to share what you know about Black Wall Street, if you don't mind? You know, kind of, I know it's a... Fuck the topic. I mean, this is information that people need to hear. <laughs> so what happened, like Wall Street was an all African-American section of town and they called it Black Wall Street because everybody was entrepreneurs and making a fuck ton of money and doing good. Doing good businessmen and women. Yes. And respectable business women and men. And there was an altercation that yeah. escalated and something about someone shot uh, allegedly shot somebody and then the National Guard of Oklahoma, right? Right. Bombed Black Wall Street. The U.S., uh, not the U.S., but the Oklahoma National Guard. The National Guards and the U.S. Marshals yeah. went in and they set a fire some of the businesses and then just the major ones, yeah, they, they blew those what's, down to the ground. What's that band? I was going to say, isn't I know it's not the Jackson 5, but it's it's a song. It's like, you dropped a bomb on me, oh, baby. Man. Forgive me you if dropped I'm not the knowing, bomb but yeah, I know on the me. song. <laughs> and the, the undertone of that song is based behind Black Wall Street because it shows how America really treats, you know, what the real truth that is not told. And I think a lot of it is that white America don't want to hear it. It's, it's, it's the truth. Like, that's just touching the tip basically yeah, of it. it's I mean just, it's a lot deeper but yeah 13% of you know the nation's population of the blacks you know they reach roughly 40% of the prison population because of the the racism the law courts the way that you know Jim Crow was also but what I was getting at with Lincoln and stuff we digressed off into Black yeah. Wall Street but yeah like when Lincoln outwrote that you know it went in greater they wrote laws into place. Racism was still a thing. Segregation was a thing. Jim Crow was a thing. Still is where, you know, it's like they made revisions to the Constitution to, to basically write out some of the protections that was added in the first half of it was basically countered through different politicians. It goes into the, the people that fund private companies. 
because they get donations and charitable offers in the name of philanthropy. And they have these linguistics involved with the paperwork to just sign it off with a pen and everybody's you know, bragging like Hillary to say, oh, well, we keep our jails 23 to 25%. What are you guys doing? You guys are soft, but that's just a fucking cover up for fucking human, you know, to basically get free labor out of these people who haven't experienced but no opportunity in a real world. But um, I digress. I'm sorry, you guys. No, no, you're fine because it needs to be it brought. It needs to be brought it to needs the to light. Be, yeah. So running the U.S. prison system costs roughly $80 billion per year. All about the money. That price tag of operating federal, state, and local jails is startling enough, but it's also considered a gross understatement when you factor in the social cost of incarceration. A first-of-its-kind study estimated that when factoring in the consequential cost to facilities, children, and communities, that figure reaches over $1 trillion, the total that eclipses the operational costs of the entire U.S. government, $1 trillion a year. Exactly. And then that trickles down because you say judges, lawyers. People need to be paid off. Yeah, I mean, it's just, (laughs) it's like my biggest thing I've always seen when it comes to law enforcement just law enforcement in general is bullshit walks and money talks money that that's the realest that's the realest thing that i've ever grasped in my life that when it comes to the system money talks bullshit Bullshit walks walks. did you know cleve that 12 people die every year in the u.s prison According to the Justice Department, approximately a dozen inmates die behind bars each day, or roughly 4,400 people per year in the prison systems. In state and federal prison, most deaths are health-related, the leading illness being cancer or heart disease. In local prisons, the top cause is suicide, making up a third of all deaths usually occurring within the first month of incarceration. Tragically, more than 70% of those suicides eventuated before conviction. The thing about that, too, is that if you never get convicted of a crime, you have a status. So, like, if you were a firefighter, a firefighter gets a set funeral. Say, like, you get suspected of a crime or they put you in prison if you never get convicted of it basically mean you kill yourself before they can convict you of it what's that football player hernandez did he never got convicted of it so he was by killing himself in prison he was able to keep the contract for the patriots and the patriots paid his daughter all that money because he never got convicted he never got convicted of a crime so so you keep your status because they can't take the stats away from you for conviction. I can tell you when it says the leading illnesses being cancer and heart disease, it's because of what you have to eat inside that motherfucker. And then you get commissary, and commissary is just full of bad shit. Imagine you eat ramen noodles for fucking 30 years. All that sodium and salt. Right. Chips, red dye 40, yellow tin. You know what I'm saying? Smoked sausages. Sardine, salt, tuna, 
You know, I'm just saying. It's and then, basically all the slop that you know from the bottom of the bucket. Of course, that nobody you're going. Else of course, your body's going to suffer inside there. You know right. what I'm saying? It's designed for you to die inside that motherfucker. I worked there, dude. How much beans and rice do you think a motherfucker can eat every day in, day out? And then it's times too. No like real where food I've been, too. You know, I've been locked up. They ain't have food for like two or three days. So it's like the one of the police officers who had to like go to town, like get some shit from. I want to say like jewels or something to feed the inmates. See, that's so the whole system is just tore because up if it's like a lack of funding up. because you know jails only get their funding from you know traffic stops. Do you know in Oakdale, Louisiana, we're the highest tax parish in the state of Louisiana, and Louisiana ranks the number one tax state in the U.S. So we're the most taxed town and place. Allen Parish is the most tax place in the whole United States. We pay the highest tax yeah, on everything. Yeah, we pay the highest taxes on everything. We pay 14.4% in Allen Parish on everything we buy. Oh, it went up. Yes. <laughs> it went up. It went up 1.1% since I've last looked at it. Damn. You spend a dollar, you pay 15 cents in tax. No wonder the IRS was like, hey, buddy. <laughs> Fuck y'all, man. Y'all got y'all shit. But speaking of counties and parishes, um, L.A. County is home to the largest prison system on Earth. With an average population of 22,000 inmates, this overcrowded system includes Men's Central Jail, a facility infamous for around-the-clock savagery and chaos and plagued by ongoing deputy-on-inmate violence. Deputy on inmate, not the other way around. Would you like me to tell you a quick story about that? I've been not deputy, but I was a lieutenant at one time in lieutenant? a lieutenant in this alleged place. I was subjected to uh inmate on you hear the fucking truck, dude, I swear. No high water. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was is we were doing cell change, right? And Dude walked up to me and was like, hey, and you know, he was supposed to be fully restrained. And he walked up to me and was like, hey, Lieutenant, which cell am I going to? I was like, yeah, oh, man, you're going to see blocked. <laughs> and that he slid me, dude. That's how he felt at that time. So, uh, when I watched the video, he came out like the restraints because they were too loose and fucking like did one of them Superman punches when I'm reading like a piece of paper, dude. Yeah. Laid me out, dude. Splattered Damn, man, me. man, the sneak, man. It sneak shot, bro. Like. Yeah, but it was all because you want to, you know, do want to get transferred and stuff's going on, you know, with a lengthy sentence and it, it happens, you know what I'm saying? Like attacks on officers or deputies and you know vice versa because i was in a situation and seen some other shit happen and i was like because it can happen because dudes can get you out your character and they can intimidate and they want guards to attack them because they can get a lesser sentence you know right stuff like that the whole system is janky and it works weird but Fuck going there, dude. That's a lot of people to be in one jail. How do you even manage that many people? There's more inmates in that jail 
in LA County than there are in Allen Parish. That's more that's, than our that's population. That's more than our population combined. Yes, we crazy. pay the highest taxes. That doesn't make no fucking sense at all. I wish I had a thing for taxes. I might need something like that for the next episode. I want to read this one. So I'm going to get real nice and sensual with this one. Big, big, big shout out to myself, the Gator, because I don't give myself enough props. And I got this hairy chest going off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had the chest uh, had it going. And me and Clee were talking about, too, not to digress too much, but we're talking about our clothes when we were on the YouTube and making sure we're not wearing the same stuff <laughs> over and over. You know, so we had to freshen it up. I changed hats. I had my ball spot that's going on up top or a floral shirt, which, you know, it's been breezy. It's been good weather. Like we've, it has been some good weather. I cut my yard today too. Oh, let that mow sun, some grass. Yeah, man, that sun dried that water up. Man, I got out there. You know, the neighbor was uh, next door barbecuing. My other neighbor was talking about you know doing more crawfish. Mrs. Bowls. Jones. Oh no, not Mrs. Jones. No, is it Mrs. No, it's not Mrs. Jones. It's what's it on Friday? What's her fucking name? Miss Parker. Yeah, Miss Parker. Yeah, Miss Parker. Miss <laughs> Parker, Miss like, Parker. Yeah, Parker. yeah I, I got a Miss Parker living next door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she be cleaning though. Yeah, shout out. You know, I ain't going to give her name. <laughs> I don't know if your sons listen to the episode or your daughters, but yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Let me hit this sound pad right quick. Soap Down PD? Does the gator live here? <laughs> Open up. Louisiana is the prison capital of the world. In Louisiana, one in 86 adults is currently in prison. 53% are housed locally for profit private prisons, which are unusually insufficiently staffed and therefore more dangerous than state-ran facilities. This situation is even worse for minorities. One in 14 adults is serving a prison sentence with one in seven currently in prison on probation or out on parole. Louisiana claims the harshest prison system in the U.S., which technically, if you look at the U.S. in the whole, we have the harshest prison system in the world. In the world. So. By us, the U.S. in a whole having the harshest prison system, Louisiana has the harshest prison system in the whole world. I'm going to retract and say that one more time for everybody to listen and hear this. <laughs> Louisiana has the harshest prison system in the entire world. That means we have harsher prison systems than Russia. China, India, any fucking place in the fucking world, we have the harshest. Even North Korea. North Korea. We have the harshest prison system. Iraq. We have the highest taxes in the world. Any fucking thing else you want to take from the fucking blue collar common people? True. You can't, you can't, you, you, we are designed to be fucking broke in this state. We're designed not to succeed. Through this shit. And a lot of people leave. Pisses me state. off yeah, so much. It pisses me off too, you know, being from here, living here, knowing all of the facts that goes into 
you know, being able to just survive, it keeps a lot of old-fashioned traditions into play because things are so costly and there's so little to, to work with. You just make the best of what you got, you know, and just like, you know, with many nonviolent offenders serving lengthy sentences for relatively minor crimes is another thing as well. You know, just anything from minor drug possession. You know, it's got people doing life sentences just for having like a dime bag, yep. for having a blunt or yeah. a joint. In Louisiana, they have habitual offender law. So if you get called to doing the same crime like three times in a row, they hit you with habitual offender and you can do 25 to life. For simple possession. Yeah, just for simple possession. Getting caught on the same crime more than once, which, you know, again, it's like if they get you once, they let you out. You go a little while. If you're still doing it, they get you again, put you back in on the same misdemeanor crime. So it's like Louisiana's courts have, you know, a third offense system, whereas like if you get caught three times doing the same thing, I want to say it was introduced in the crime bill that Bill Clinton and Biden signed, like back in 96. Whereas, uh, oh. you know, the three strikes, you know, if you're familiar with three strikes, yes. you're out. There you go. That's where it hits because it's like in Louisiana proudly, proudly enforces that, that shit. shit. It's like, you know, through jobs, like if you, you know, if you at the job and you smell like it, or they can fire you, or they can call somebody to come and pick you up or have you tested. It's like Louisiana have some rhetoric behind the way that it enforces certain policies that have been neglected for years to come. You look at just the stats of it. So you say that one out of 86 grown men in Louisiana per capita are behind bars. So you look at that as our small town of Oakdale. We stand at, what, about 3,000 people maybe, give or take. So you're telling me I have a better chance of spending my life in jail. I have about 30% chance of a grown man living in Oakdale to spend my life in jail than be a free man and walk walk around because of the stats. The stat for that is 86 divided by your population and how the fuck you can control that 86. That's crazy, though. You literally have a quote for how many people you need to lock up per week, per day, per month. And then you make laws and it trickles down. And and why that's why they, you know, you, you have federal jobs. Creating jobs in prisons, you need to create a population to house and jobs. And you need a demand. It's kind of like, yeah. like our job. We need wood so we can make money. You know, we need trees. So they plant trees so we make trees. So it's the same process is laws. They plant laws, make laws to keep get people in jail. And it's not to rehabilitate them. It's not to take care of where their downfalls are. It's to put them behind bars so someone else can watch them to make money. And it's a fucked up system. You make money to watch others make money for the company, but underhandedly, inmates are making their money on the side because they introduced to a brand new system. And then the hustle inside prison, the you make is- cut like bazillion time. And then that's something else too that uh, no, we ain't talked about. It's like all these TV shows and shit. Like they're really going in and looking in prisons, 
do these inmates get money for that? They should get royalties or something, right? They don't uh, get anything. They don't get cause shit because of the state. Yeah, it's the state owns it, so the state gets all the royalties. You know, it's like you want to do a documentary, you're gonna pay us this many dollars for us to show you, and then we're gonna tell our inmates before they even come that hey, we're gonna have these people doing like this, like that, just tone it down. Like they could probably persuade the bribe the inmate to tone it down for the season that the show is at only to go back to the recklessness that you may never know or see unless you're there to experience it and a lot of people uh you know and it's sad that i wonder how what the percentage of innocent people out of that group of people get convicted but you know there are other notable stats you know, like 6.8% of the nation's inmates are females. And that's a... That's a wild stat. You know, and to think that the other, what is it, 93.3, no, 93.2% are male. So 93% male and almost 7% female. Yeah, the... No- uh, the numbers stand against us as men just in general. and It's like you get more labor out of a man, but, you know, it got some tough women out there, too, that's willing to throw the punch back a few times. A lot of them be cutting their hair. Some of them cut the broomstick, if you catch my drift. But <laughs> Drug offenses make up roughly 46% of all sentences in the United States. Drug users. Yeah, drug offenses make up. Yeah, of all sins. Drug offenses, my bad. Yeah, drug drug offenses. offenses make up roughly 46% of all sentences in the United States. And that's crazy because it comes from a whole bunch of other countries, too. Not only the other countries, but the drug offenses mainly targets like the laws and stuff that, you know, Nixon and Reagan and other presidents where people are doing bids from like the 60s to 70s all the way up to now. All the way till now, because it's still a driven thing. Like, off topic from the stats, one thing I do know is that I think the first police station built was, like, in New York. It was, like, in 1912 or something. I learned that in, like, a criminal justice class and shit. Like, I was going to school for a little bit. I got an associate's in it. Yeah, I was going for my bachelor's, but, you know, just took a different course with yeah, I just took a different course, but I've, I've been thinking of going back. And I, the reason I went was just simply like for the knowledge and the nose, like something that was suggested, you know, by my lawyer. I keep his name confidential for this episode because I don't know what he does now. Like he does like a bunch of things. I don't want his reputation. Like he does good yeah. things and where he's going, <laughs> I need his reputation to remain unscathed yeah. because he helped me you out know, in the yeah, past. Good, so, bro. you know, for the, you know, immunity. But yeah, it's just homicide and related offenses make up 3.2% of all sentences. So like somebody going in, you know, I guess Chicago, Atlanta, Los Angeles, Detroit, New York, like Places that's just filthy. About 3% of those sentences. So, yeah, homicide is just one of those things, though. You know, it, it depends the cause. Like, are you protecting somebody or are you being selfish and protecting something? You know, yeah. it could be information. It could be property. It could be 
royalties. Speaking on that, I know the United States is going through, you know, a lot of gun violence and stuff recently. And I don't, you know, when you look at it, there's no real good answer for none of it. But just keep thoughts and prayers for, you know, people that lose people through them violent acts. Right. Most definitely. Um, Your prayers goes to those that, you know, within those offenses. I'm pretty sure most of the homicide cases were innocent people. Yeah. You know, straight bullets to, you know, just the downfall of being at the wrong place at the wrong wrong time. Wrong. Just (laughs) leave it to God, leave it to whoever it is. But sometimes situations are just bad. You know, in other scenes where there's an agenda too, like with the war on drugs, immigration offenses make up 7.5% of all sentences. So you got drug offenses, which makes up nearly half, and then the homicide-related incidents. And when you include immigration, like you don't really hear too many shootouts within immigration, but you do hear the stint and the, well, by stint, systemic racism towards the Mexican-American or the even the Native American. Anybody that's of like a brown, tan, or red color, you know, that crosses a border into a foreign country, quote, unquote. The policies that are enforced by this country because of the people who claim, which is the government, you know, the people that claim it as a country, would like to defend it to the maximum of its you know, of its abilities. Uh, I'm going to go as far as to say probably that 7.5 is from Mexico, like anywhere south of the border yeah. or Miami off of the boat. Probably majority is the Latino population. Yeah, it's the Latino population. A lot of them probably came in either across the river or on the boat. Yeah, but still, and with that too is that when you look at like immigration and like stuff like that, people harvest you know, like they have illegal people working for them, you know, and then the stigma of like lawn care and stuff like that, that follows it. And there's a lot of, and I've seen it personally where working in a certain industry where they had illegal people working for them, you know, and paid them under the table and everything. And so that, that shit's real. For industry that makes $80 billion a year, there's got to be a lot more under the table than we <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Being dealt with uh, uh, like uh, across the board. And so the U.S. has more correctional facilities than any other country on the earth. Bad boy. Oh, I love my sound pad. I got to show you my collection of sound pad clips. Now it's getting big. And I did this spare in the moment. I hope y'all listeners are out there enjoying it. Speaking of that, make sure you check out Third Coast Podcast at 5000w's.thirdcoastpodcast.com on all major streaming platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. Check us out at YouTube at Third Coast Podcast Productions. If y'all want to email us, email us at thirdcoastpodcastproductions at gmail.com. And yeah, gotta hit the sound pad one more time. That's the sound that I need. That's the sound that I police. That's the sound that I need. That's the sound that I police. There are more jails in the United States than there are colleges.
There you have it. I'm going to say that one more time for everybody. <laughs> A little emphasis. There are more jails. There are more jails. More in, jails. In the United States than there are colleges. Than colleges. So what are we producing? What are we producing in America? Punishment. Now, the U.S. prison population has more than quadrupled since the early 1980s when mandatory minimum sentence laws for drugs went into effect. Half of the world's prison population of approximately 9 million people is held in the U.S., Russia, and China. The three biggest countries in the world has the three biggest prison populations, with the U.S. leading them. Yeah, like I, I wanted to go back to the, there are more jails than colleges. There's more punishment than opportunity. And this year alone, there are more applications for U.S. passports being applied for simply because there are more jails than colleges, more fucking punishment than opportunity, more help more life that is able and available to people to function in a society. The whole thing's illegal to me. Like just an $80 billion industry driven off of human labor and making sure that people follow a certain mindset to keep it in order facilitates that much money that could go to homeless people, that could go to food organizations where we recently went through a pandemic where I believe we should have units available in case something like this happens under emergency stance where we can preserve the little bit of what's left, but people are so wasteful. It's the programming. But um, prison labor continues today. <laughs> Currently, Inmates are still used for jobs like sewing, made in America labels, on clothing that is not made in America, or fighting California wildfires because the state only has to pay them $3 per day. And uh, for all the listeners out there, you can check it out. Check out inmate firefighters in California, and that's a real stat. And I worked in a prison in Louisiana where they had a fabrication shop. They taught culinary schools, but they would feed and, you know, build all this stuff for private organizations and shit like that. It's never changed. Texas doesn't even pay their inmates. I don't want to sound off-putting when I'm about to say this. It's not changed from the field. They just found a new way to bring the field to a different way and just put bars to make sure that you can't get the fuck away this time. And you're really isolated like if it's as if it were so many years ago. And then they you subjugated it. And then you look at the crack epidemic and who <sighs> introduced it, the government. You look at marijuana. Marijuana before prohibition was legal and used in a lot of medical cures and uh, remedies and bombs and stuff. But after prohibition, when they made alcohol legal again, they needed something to attack. And it was, I forget it was, who, it, it who was signed it, but they started making marijuana like it was a bad thing. And like marijuana charges probably make up 50% of all people in jail right now. They, and it's crazy. They had videos like from the 30s and like from the 20s to like the 50s of like marijuana videos that they would show 
to the public about the the mad reefer. Like that's where the term reefer comes from because like they said if you smoke weed it'll make you go mad. And then they even targeted the African American community even further to say that, well, if the white women are smoking the weed, <laughs> they're gonna take their clothes <laughs> off and run away with these barbaric men and this, that, and the third. It's like it's all of that combined with targeting you know, even the musicians that were using it at the time, it's like musicians would claim to elevate themselves from it. But, you know, the police would harass most of these uh, music like. Uh, Willie, wanna, Nelson, yeah, Willie Nelson, the, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Willie Nelson, the Snoop Dogg, the, the fucking uh, Louis, yeah, Louis Armstrong. He used to smoke before his sets and uh, Fats. I, I can't remember Fast his name. Domino. Yeah, Fast Domino. And, you know, it was a lot of them. So California inmate firefighters make $3 a day putting their life on the line. Ain't that something? Yeah, man. Like, you know, going into that, like I actually watched a video where those firefighters were used in those, like in the wildfire state outbreak and things like that. I wonder how they go about transporting, like if it's like, are they already like in a trustee form where they just have like free reins to the vehicle or? I would assume. Or the officers would probably drive the vehicle and then they fight the fire at the designated location. Well, when you get to a certain like level of trustee that you get, I don't know, it's like you could run, but you would get caught. Too. Right, yeah. yeah, like yeah, you're not thinking of running at the time. Well, but if you most, get to that yeah. status too, you worked hard and got you know got yeah. trust, and they, I don't know, it's it's like the road crew for Allen Parish. You have to be a trustee inmate to get to it, and it takes years. Yeah, it takes years to work up to that status. And a lot of like when I would shake, not I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, it's it's fine. Continue. When, like, a lot of these dudes, they would work up to it, and I had to, like, shake down when they come back. On the side note, I used to hate shaking down grown men. And I hate to really bring this up, but I got to. It's got to be put out there from the perspective. You I've seen so many dicks. I've seen so many dicks. I've seen so much dick. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's bad, but it's so true. It's like, like you know, as this is men talk. Like yeah, when you watch, men, you yeah. know, sometimes you know want to dabble in the pornography and you know rub a quick one out. I can't watch porn that has male penis in it. It has to be just like female porn, you or know, solo, or just yeah, like, like solo female just dancing just around. Female. I can't, I can't do the the insertion or male. It just. I respect that because I mean I feel that a lot everybody has their you know how many taste squ- squat and coughs I have to see. Yeah, Koba will be all over this topic right now. <laughs> Shout out Koba out there on the water, man. Yeah, love you, Kohoba. Yeah, yeah Kohoba. Yeah, Kohoba or oh gingerbread. Yeah, call him gingerbread. Yeah, this has been a great, great episode and uh definitely was an eye opener in the the information side of it, and I'm sorry it's been a little touchy, and I feel it's, a, it's we, kind of a hard pill to swallow, but it's the truth, right. what's going on, and we need to fix it, we need to find a way to fix it, and we need to find a way to 
get more people out being profitable and then sent behind bars. You know what I'm saying? Like right. we need to get people out and being constructive parts of the economy and constructive parts of community instead of uh, being behind bars and mainly almost 50% being users. Rehabilitation centers is the key and the government not pumping drugs into the fucking communities would help too. But yeah, that's the that, side note. Yeah, that's the side note. You know, that's all that's all across the board on the under the table activity that we know in today's society in the US. A lot of those people are trying to get away from that because they are realizing that, you know, companies that have driven this country legally, you know, have been declining more because of these private facilities. They have a higher demand more than ever to maintain a status and quote. So, it, yeah, that's a big pill to swallow. And uh, I feel like with this topic, it's just like the tip of the iceberg. I feel like we need to come back later on with another episode, you know, to touch on some of the other things that you know, maybe that the U.S. prison system have allocated recently or what what have we been doing to try to reform and build against it, you know, to put things into play to maybe, you know, instead of of reflecting the harshness of it, reflect more on like the available help that is currently present. You know, who knows? Like we don't know who's listening to this episode or who's going to listen to it in the future. You know, I was told that, man, it's going to be some people on the inside listening to this episode, <laughs> you know, from a, a co-worker of mine. So, yeah, hopefully this episode reaches you on however you get it. Can I indulge on... Just two more clicks on the sound pad before we go to the artist of the week. Oh, yeah, man. Go for it. Man, they about to do that. Oh, yeah. When they do their cell search. Why you got these cups in this cell? <laughs> What's this in the ceiling tile? <laughs> So, Cleve, would you like to read the Artist of the Week? Uh, Yeah, sure. I don't mind. So, the Artist of the Week, hailing from Louisiana, up-and-coming artist, ghostwriter, brings a refreshing new sound with the release of his latest hit album, North 44th. Containing multiple producers, this gives the listeners a variety of sounds to enjoy. Opening up the album with a bang, Ghostwriter instantly engages his fans with his music and style. He emphasizes his lyrical mastermind in each track and doesn't leave anything to question. He has released over 120 songs. If you want to hear more from Ghostwriter, follow him on Twitter, Instagram at GoGhost and at Go, that is G-E-A-U-X-G-H-O-S-T. This song is... North Secrets of the album North 44th. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking with it. I like that. Yeah, we listened to that earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I like what you're doing, Ghost, right? It gives me one of my favorite albums is the Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City. And it gives me that vibe 
and especially the artwork that's present for his album cover, which is really good. Words of wisdom this week for me is just love a stranger. Just walk up with a smile, say hi, even if they give you the finger. Just give them a smile and just love a stranger. Good acts. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I've been, um, I was thinking of words of wisdom as well. I was thinking about like, you know, positivity a lot. And I just feel like if people had more positive, you know, outlook, like how you just said to, you know, be good to a stranger. Positivity, even if you're having a bad day, it goes a long way. So uh, I forget the other things I was going to say with that. But uh, yeah, it just, yeah, positivity goes a long ways. You know, don't always, you know, be dwelling on negative things and, you know, harboring on like, you know, past incidents. Just focus on what you can do to protect yourself in the future to make it right and uh, prevent it from happening. That's all I got. You know, just like with this topic, is it kind of got me like scrambled over there. It's <laughs> yeah, kind of hard it. to tell somebody to just, hey, man, just be, be positive. positive. <laughs> yeah, man, just be positive. Like, throw them up. If you're People a U.S. adult, you, you, sh- you have like a 20% of going to jail and staying there the rest of your life. For Third Coast Podcast, I'm one of the hosts. Joe, what it do, Gators? Yeah, got your host, Cleve, man. What it do? Make sure y'all check out this great track and we uh, check y'all out on 192. We out. Yo, Ma, what time it is? I'm trying to knock this shit out. Wayne broke, had my back on the wall Needed money coming in, so it's back to the cause God, they on Highland, headed back to the north Can't tell my friends I'm in town cause I don't want them involved It's just me doing me if I ever get caught God willing, I'll never get caught If I ever told y'all I love y'all a minute, I can't fake that part Real deal, holy feel, I can't fake my heart I'm just here for the change, I ain't here for the games If the blind lead the blind, I guess we all see the same Only six numb the pain, so I'm a six at it Bitches in, bitches out, forget my sex traffic When real goes wrong, I'm a righteous bastard If you want it, hold it close, I might just snatch it Take her to the spy castle, spend a night in Dallas Fuck in the window, watching the nightly traffic Still running, said I'm quitting about a mile ago It's getting heavy, so heavy, but I got it though Anybody but me is who I know they want That's why I stand in they chest, and I say I don't Every year I get stronger and stronger I appear weak, then it's only for the moment My past issues got new issues, shit My daughter in school and she needs shoes I'm telling you, man Cause I, I got so much old mind, bruh It's like if somebody constantly saying something stupid to me They gonna get their birthday wish Straight up 
together 10 years, but we still on vibe. I'm not the father, we divorced, but that's still my child. Hard heavy every morning, but I still don't cry. You can hate me all you want, but I still ain't lie. My friends became your friends, cause they picked they side. We ain't gotta admit shit, I don't care on nobody. Southwest in the morning, headed back to the shy. You can vent all you want, just don't blow my high. Spotty in the airport, it's time my time coming. When the city, Michigan now, with a fire woman. All the lessons at the school became a high learning. Business getting bigger, need to hire more attorneys. If we on fire, we on vibe, it really don't concern me. Love, dog, fellowship, you can keep the sermon. Big body bands tinted with the heat burning. On my way to, I don't know, I just need purpose.